When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the FFC Transfer Show. We may be the only club in the Premier League yet to make a signing, but still we insist on doing this podcast. Maybe it's us, maybe it's all a curse. Uh, I'm joined here by three gentlemen that know all their things about transfers. Sadly, there's just not much to know. Dean Jones, hello. Hello, mate. Jack Collins, hello. Hello, listeners. Hello, Sammy. And Jack Kelly, hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, indeed. Well, we'll we'll come on to the lack of incoming transfers in That's part depressing. two. We've Are we really of... the only club? We're the only club in the Premier League now to not to make a signing in. Uh, I don't think West Ham made a signing. Have they not? Let's check this now. I was just I was just there was definitely the... there was definitely four for a while. There were four clubs for a while that, that hadn't made any signings. Sheffield United were one of them. Uh, no, Jack, I've I've checked this. West Ham uh, have signed Sean Moore from Cliftonville, a big money deal. Uh, they've, spent it, they've spent that Declan Rice money already. I mean, what are they doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we are the only one. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit of a technicality. It's not yeah. like some clubs are swimming in multi-million pound transfers, but yeah, technically no one in. Although, by the time you hear this, maybe Willian, and technically that is a transfer in. We'll Get come him. on to Willian in a minute. But first of all, let's look at uh, some potential outgoings. Saudi Arabia, once again, sticking their roar in. Uh, there is still rumours about Marco Silva, but the big one, Dean... Alexander Mitrovic to Al Halal. Um, they made a £25.5 million bid. Uh, looks like they're coming back with another bid. Fulham have said no twice, but Mitro really wants to go because he quite fancies earning half a million a week. <laughs> Look, I'm, I can't um, argue with it. anyone wanting to earn that kind of money. I would too. Um, obviously, it's so disheartening. Oh, he clearly does want to go and... It's hard, you know, when you also see the stories about, you know, he's got the blessing of his wife to go to Saudi Arabia because you're always like, well, his family aren't going to want to go there. There's no chance his family going to want to go and live in Saudi Arabia. Then the story's like, they do. They do want to go. You're like, what else can we clutch at here? What else else could possibly go wrong? Apart from the fact they're not paying enough money. They're simply not paying enough money. So it's got to get to the case, the point now, of them actually fronting a proper bid. Um... I spoke to a guy, I'm actually going to get this message up just as um, I'm, I'm talking here to make sure I get it right. But I was speaking to a guy that um, has been covering a lot of Al Hilal stories from out there and stuff and um, seems to be pretty much on the ball. And uh, he was asking me, like, what do you think is a fair price like that Fulham would want for him? I said, look, personally, I think it's like got to be 60 million. It's like, but that might be me being a bit too Fulhamish. Uh, but it's got to be upwards of 50 for sure. Uh he didn't think that they would go that high. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the reports were that the last bid would be the last bid initially. That was what the feeling was and the kind of the briefing was out of Al Halal was like, this is it. Like if we don't get this offer, uh, if this offer isn't accepted, then there are other players that they were going to consider like Mario Cardi and players like that, I understand, are like on their, on their radar to be picked up if they, they don't get Mitro. So that was interesting. But... I mean, I don't know about you, Laz, what you would consider a fair price for Mitro, because my head is kind of turning now as to, okay, well, what do we do next? Like, I want to be excited about this. If we are losing Mitro, I want to kind of get excited about what happens from there. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a funeral if, if, if Mitro, like, the bid does come and he goes, it's going to be horrible. But life goes on. And I can remember, like, when Louis Sahar, I remember this really clearly, and it, it really came into my mind the other day, when Louis Sahar wanted to go to Man United, and Man United were pressing hard for him. I remember being in the press conference, and uh, Chris Coleman was there, and Cookie was so determined at that time, like, he's not going, he's not going. He sat there, he was like, over my dead body, will Louis Sahar be leaving? Um, it's a brave thing to say. It's a brave United thing to say. <laughs> about four days later, he joined Man United, I think. Uh, Cookie's still alive to this day, I'm pleased to say. So that, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, but, you know, with all the will in the world, players do often get what they want. Um, I hope Micho isn't like going on strike or anything like that to force this, but we'll have to wait and see. Mehdi Taremi was a player that was mentioned to me that we might look at. Someone that's available in the market right now. Don't mind that at all. I don't know that he's an actual Mitro replacement. Jack uh, Collins has probably seen the most of Mehdi Taremi on this pod, so I'll let him give it. A- Isn't he linked with United? Been linked with United, yeah. He's at FC Porto at the moment. Um, but yeah, he looked really, really good player. Um, yeah, but not he's not Mitro. But Jack, what do you think of that? There, as replacements go, I think Taremi's a good one. His hold up play is lovely. He's good in the air. He he, he can score goals. With either foot, he's um he, he's a really well-rounded player. He's he's a little bit older than Mitrovic, which is probably not great. In terms You've got of this real problem with age, haven't you, mate? You keep banging on about I'm our really squad age. I'm really concerned about the fact that our squad age is so high. Um, and I think that naturally, lots of people should be concerned with it. it it's not necessarily a problem for next season. It's a pro- it's a problem for two seasons down the line when you have to suddenly replace nine players. That, that but, that's what I'm worried about. A Mitrovic replacement has to be ready to go. You can't be signing it. I mean, unless you maybe get Balogun is the only one that really might be also low in the age profile and probably a bit like ready to mm. go. Santi but- Jimenez, I think from, from Feyenoord would be, would be the player I'd be looking at. If, if you're looking at someone who has that all round game, he's not quite as tall as Mitrovic, but he's good aerially. Um, he, he's sort of just come off the bench to score the winner for Mexico in the gold cup final. He's fired Feyenoord to, the Eredivisie title last year. He looks like a player with real massive upside, 22 years old. That's where I'd be going. Although I think with the Mitrovic money, you could probably get both of these players. So maybe that's the answer too. The only thing is, I feel like we are slightly um, debating the Will settlement before he's definitely gone. Mm. I mean, Jack, I just, there's something about a lot of players that have gone to Saudi Arabia the club that have let them go or sold them to, to clubs in Saudi Arabia on the whole have been happy with it because they've either needed the money or the players old. And, and, and it, there haven't been too many players signed by Saudi Arabian clubs where the selling club has really fought. Now Fulham will fight tooth and nail 
to keep Alexander Mitrovic. They will do everything in their power because it massively scuppers us. So I, and, and it might just be wishful thinking. I am an optimist and it's not always the best thing when discussing transfers. I just don't necessarily think this is cut and dry that he's going to go. I can see why Mitrovic wants to go like money go when money is that kind of ridiculous. He'd be earning more than Novak Djokovic in a year. Like, of yeah. course he's going to want to go, mm-hmm. but I and still just mates there. That helps. <laughs> yeah, That's a and- huge factor. I just, I'm not hundred um, percent convinced it's, it's happening because I just, I think the money that they'll need to stump up is, is huge. Uh, I think you're in the same mindset as me, Sammy. I'm in absolute denial that this is actually going to happen. Um, it's incredibly sad. And what's ironic about this is every time we've been relegated, Mitrovic is, uh, he's, he's, he's committed his, his future to Fulham really. Uh, even when we got relegated under Parker, there were some question marks. Um, and then Margaret came in and basically put an arm around his shoulder and went, you are my number one or number nine striker. Um, you are going to stay in and drive us back up to the Premier League, which he did. And then the one time we actually stay in the Premier League and go, right, we can really kick on now and actually push. He's going, yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so, I, like, if, if I spoke about it for long enough, I'd probably start crying. And, <laughs> and that's the reality of it. Um, because you've seen all these rumours and you've seen all the speculation and I've gone, yeah, but if we stand our ground, he won't go. And then you start reading more stories and you start seeing he wants to go and you go, really? Like, come on. Mm. But it's, it's a tough situation. You're right in terms of, I think even like if Riyad Mahrez was to go to um, Saudi Arabia as well, that's not, that's not Manchester City trying to hold on to him. I think they, they are prepared to like let him go because they do have other wide options and um, they can afford to let him go. But um yeah you're right this is one that we're like clinging on for dear life um i think the fulham family the fulham fans like even the lap of appreciation he got against crystal palace the tapping the badge the love hearts everything like honestly it's it's incredible how this has sort of changed very quickly and i remember saying on the jack and joe show a few weeks ago well one thing's for certain mitch rich is going to be here next season like i just didn't think this is sort, sort of thing was going to happen but you know, I am very worried and I'm very sad and I don't really know what to do about it, Sammy. I know there's obviously good options that can come in as a replacement, but in terms of the person, that, like the person he is and the relationship he has with the fans and the club, I find this all very unsettling and very upsetting. Was there any, sorry, I just want to pick, before I forget this, there was that picture uh, of, of Mitro kind of sat out of training the other day where he's like sat on some sort of like case. I don't know if you all saw that. Yeah, they were doing the training and he was basically sat on his own. And then he was also doing running on his own with Tosin Adarabaya, who, of course, has been linked with a move away as okay. well. I don't know if that's linked, but that got me extremely Yeah, I was trying, I've just been trying to look. I've only, haven't like investigated that. I was like, is this out of context? Like he just sat on, on this thing on the side of the pitch, but that could have been anything. And I'm like, I'd like you, like I want to be optimistic. I really do, but oh, I'm just worried. Yeah. I mean, Jack, do you think this will happen? One thing I am not hugely aware of is what the, um, you know, did Lazio fight to for now to keep Milinkovic Savic, who has also gone to Al Halal. And that, when that came through, that was the one for me where I did slightly press a bit of a panic button inside because it's pretty clear that they're good mates. And also they obviously have got the caliber and the clout to get a hugely in demand player from a big club. Yeah, uh, they, I think obviously Lazio would have preferred to keep Milinkovic-Savic, but I do believe he had one year left on his contract um, and Juventus mm-hmm. was sniffing around him. 
So there is an element there. And, you know, we talk about this a lot with someone like Harry Kane, where talking about the fact that Levy just doesn't want to sell to a direct rival in the Premier League. I think that Lazio would have looked at that and gone, hmm. And if we sell him there, he's out of the way. We've got a year on his contract left. This is probably better than us letting him go to Juventus next summer for free. Um, so, so I think that they would have been, they would have preferred to have kept him. Yes, obviously, but I think that there would have been a little bit of acceptance on that in that regard that it, it might be for the best for them in terms of not strengthening a direct rival if they move him out to Saudi Arabia, and then that probably plays a part. So, in that case, then, like Mitrovic got three years left on his deal. His goals are obviously not guaranteed Premier League safety. We've gone down twice with him. But if he repeated what he did last year, it would be very difficult to see Fulham not avoiding the bottom three if Mitrovic is getting kind of the 15 goals a season he did last year. It's a much harder fight. This is not done and dusted like I'm kind of seeing. I know that Mitrovic's wage demands will mean that Mitro wants to go. But Mitrovic for me, Jack, is also not the kind of player that you played in first game of the season against Everton and he's gonna he's just gonna not bother. Mm. No, you're right. Um it's weird because when when the when the headline said wants to leave, I was like why do you want to leave a place you're incredibly loved at? You're literally the reason I get out of bed in the morning. Like I, I just I don't I don't get it. No, it's true. Like if you go around my house, there are so many pictures of Mitrovic. What am I meant to do? Just take them down? Like, I don't I don't get it. I just, I, no, because I'm getting upset. Well, he's actually, definitely, he's getting definitely up- staying now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's heard the podcast. No. He's heard the plea. Uh, but, just, but 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 like. This is a different situation, right? I I think that there is a battle on here. And look, I I think it's in the balance. I think it's 50-50, but it's surely not just cut and dry. He's gone. Fulham will ask for huge money and they have every right to. Of course, like we absolutely will stand our ground here because look, the club's in in disarray at the moment. I mean, there's even been murmurs on about like the ownership at the moment and whether there might be stuff going on there potentially in the future well if you're if they were to be considering like moving the club or well, I don't I have no idea if that's the case or not by the way but if that was to be the case they don't we wouldn't want to be risking losing Mitrovic right now even if they're to get money like because the club needs to retain value and things like that so you want to stay in the Premier League right so it's nobody's interest to lose Mitrovic right now at Fulham, unless it's, it's got to be ridiculous money for them to actually make this happen. And I've had a few messages from people being like, well, look, we, we don't want a sulking player next season. Fulham won't want a sulking player. You don't really see situations like this turn around when, when they decide they want to go. And I was like, this happens all the time. This happens all the time. Every summer, there's players that actually don't get their own way and they have to get back on with it. Like, if you think back to, I don't know, say Harry Kane when he didn't get to move to Man City, yeah. for example, like he'd had his, he decided that was it. He was going to go and he was going to go to Man City. Man City didn't front the money that was needed. He'd stay at Tottenham. I think they left him out for the maybe the first game of the season, get his head right, whatever it was. He was back in for a, a week or two. Fans were a bit annoyed with him. And then it's back to he's one of our own and he carries on scoring like 20, 30 goals a season. Um, so, of course, it can turn around. And like Mitro is loved and he knows he knows that's not going to change whatever happens here he knows he could walk back into Craven Cottage uh for the first game against Brentford and we will be I mean I'll love him more than ever if he's out there for that for that Brentford game even though the transfer window won't, still won't be shut and there'll still be in it perhaps some edginess to the moment 
will be mm. like, it'll be adored in that moment. The Serbian flags will be out and the Hammersmith end and all sorts. Um, so of course it's not cut and dried. No, and the fact that their bid is so low gives everybody hope. I heard like they like from somebody else said that they might go up to 55 million. I thought that's a bit annoying because I wonder if that is enough. I don't know. I personally, for me, it's not enough. But Mitra, yeah. if Mitra Centre Club, this is enough. You need to let me go at that point. And they're offering yeah, it's, it's at least reasonable. I think is that's it? the problem it, it, with fifty five. It's reasonable. reasonable. Fifty five is a reasonable offer. Mm. I think I said it at the weekend. I said, look, I think it's fairly clean cut from the club. They've got all the cards because of the contract, but obviously you've got a potentially unhappy player. The way surely to deal with this, JC, from a management point of view, is to say to Mitrovic, look, if we receive seventy million, these you know it's Saudi Arabia. They have more money than God. Mm. Um, then that's the amount we'll let you go for. If we don't get that, we can't let you go because we can't find a replacement of quality for you. Therefore, Mitrovic knows the deal. He knows that the club aren't just being belligerent and therefore everyone knows where they stand. And they might even have to say to Mitrovic, also, here's a deadline for when we expect that money. If it's not in by the 1st of August, then sorry, but we're planning for the next season and we can't, and we've got to, we've got to move on. Like that's surely the way to deal with it from like appeasing Mitrovic. Yeah, the old Jaden Sancho thing, wasn't it? When Dortmund yeah, were like, we're Jack selling Grealish him before as well. 1st of July. If, if, you're not, if you're not gone before the 1st of July, then that's that. So, yeah, I, I can completely understand that. Mm. Um, I mean, the question will be, if you said that to Alexander Mitrovic, he might say, look, I've served this club faithfully for, for five years. I've, I've done my utmost in every single season to, to make sure the club succeeds. I think that a £55 million offer is reasonable. Um, then, then it's quite hard to argue with that as well. So I, I think it's easiest. I, I agree with you on, on paper, but it's easier said than done in, mm. in, in so many ways. Cause if you go, it's 70 million, he goes, I don't think that's fair. I don't think anyone is going to that for me. You know, he's going that Dushan Vlavic is, is down there. He's 10 years or eight years younger than me. And he is, you know, a, a striker who people are valuing at that kind of same amount. You can't do that for a 28 year old in the same way you could do for a 22 year old because the potential kick on value, et cetera, et cetera, is lower then, you know, it's quite hard to argue with his logic. But in the same in the same fence, Fulham would probably have to shell out that kind of money to get a decent replacement. So it, it, it's a sort of a catch-22 in many ways. Yeah, I'm just looking at the fees that players have actually gone to Saudi Arabia for. Because for all the money that they'd be throwing out personally, like the transfer fees aren't that high. Like the highest one so far is Ruben Neves to the team that, are trying to buy Mitrovic, and that was 55 million euros. So this would actually be the most expensive transfer. If they were to actually spend 55 million pounds, I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. like 60-odd million euros, I guess. Um, 65, yeah. Yeah, 65 million euros maybe. Like That would be the, the highest um, spent transfer so far in the Saudi Pro League. Behind that, you've got Milinkovic Savic, who is 28 years old and he's joined them from Lazio for 42 million euros. And then you get down, they've, they've managed to sign like players like Koulibaly for 23 million euros. Contract situations matter though. though yeah, but Koulibaly was on a, right? still on contracts. Like he'd only been... Yeah, but Chelsea wanted... I know, yeah, but still it's not a lot different. of money. So they're looking at... It doesn't seem like... Inter- I don't know the reasoning for this considering they're supposed to have like billions of pounds to spend on making this league like the biggest and best in the world. But that money doesn't seem to be going to other clubs for transfer fees. There is just one thing more to say on this, and that is that often in transfer windows, you get this sort of situation where there can be a 
domino effect with different players and different clubs. So there's been rumours that I think Al Halal wanted to sign either Mitrovic or Lukaku. Lukaku's now not going to Inter Milan. We know that for sure. Juventus has been linked with him. This morning, Juventus fans have come outside the stadium and said, we don't want Lukaku, like a protest. There is a situation where Al Halal go back in for Lukaku and detracts their interest of Mitrovic and Mitrovic stays. I am I am being ultra positive here and thinking that's obviously our best case scenario, but there is a situation where that could happen. And if we hold firm on Mitrovic, hopefully that will force their hand to go and look elsewhere. And, and Lukaku feels huge. a bit more. Lukaku feels a bit more like a signing that a Saudi club would make. I agree. Some, I agree. Someone that hasn't really got anywhere to go within Europe is not at the top of his game right now, and therefore can earn a big wedge. I mean, but look, money talks. I understand why Mitrovic wants to go, and you know, obviously there's there's a lot of debate around Saudi Arabia. There always has been. There always will be as to as to the ethics of it. But I think someone like Mitro that probably doesn't come into it when when that kind of money is is on the table. And and frankly if someone asked me to go make a podcast for half a million pounds a week I you know my morals also would certainly be in question whether I do it or not we'd have to wait and see um, but yeah it probably would be something I'd Al Hilal-ish come to <laughs> do Al Halal need an independent podcast are they, are they, well, I guess I wouldn't be getting the money if it was independent no, do they want true, a, yeah, uh, need to be on the club do door. they want a club podcast because I'm yeah I'm, 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 I'm a very available I'm sure Jack is too uh, right <laughs> Right, let's go on to um, another Saudi Arabia story, Dean, mm. because the, the Marco Silva to Saudi Arabia hasn't gone away. Um, this time it's for Al-Alhi, not Al-Halal. Um, and I don't know, I, I, you, guys, you guys summed it up well last week. I still don't think that much has changed. I think Marco will sign. It's just a bit weird that he hasn't. But I think until he does, there's always going to be a rumour here or there that he's going. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, people seem to keep this rumour alive. I don't think there's that much in it at this stage. So El Ali, uh, for context, because people don't know who these teams are, they're the team that have got like Roberto Firmino and Edward Mendy, basically. It's, it's that team in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that's the kind of players he'll be managing if he was to go there. Um, look, it's frustrating beyond belief that this hasn't been put to bed months of talking about Marco Silva signing a new contract. I wrote way before the end of the season that Fulham were confident that this was going to be in place and that it would not be a problem. Um, Then it started to rear its head that there was the West Ham uh, interest in him. So, you know, starts to show a little bit of interest in that. And West Ham obviously go win the Conference League, Moyes stays, and then all the Saudi Arabia stuff starts to come. I think it might have been even Al-Hilal that was the first team to... Um, yes, the, often if Marco Silva was at Al Hilal right now, we'd have no chance uh, of Mitro staying. So at least that didn't happen. But um, he's still here, and the season is starting very soon. Um, I, I don't believe that he's going to be going at this this uh, moment. The, the club obviously want him to sign soon. It's really difficult to plan for the new season at the moment with so much uncertainty. Now Mitro is a bit of an unexpected one, but. The Marco Silva one is an issue that's been lingering and they really thought would be put to bed by now. And it just makes it more difficult to, well, plot signings, plot new contracts if the manager's situation isn't even cleared up. Because, yeah. you know, what what assurances can you give other people if you don't have their main assurance? The, the issue surely is that Marco Silva wants assurances in the transfer market 
so that he signs his contract. But it's very hard to attract new players when there's no kind of commitment from the manager. And therefore, you're kind of in this vicious circle that's just going round and round and round. And someone has to break before the circle ends, if you know what I mean, because lots of players are going to be like, well, we will sign, but we're not 100% sure that you're going to have Marcus Silva next year. And that's a big part of the draw. Mm. And and so therefore, you're going round and round this loop until someone breaks it and makes a decision. And at that point, maybe everything falls into place. Why do you think that the Marco deal is taking so long, Dean? Because... There's an offer on the table. Clearly, there's an offer on the table. Um, is he trying to get more money? Is he just not got round to it? <laughs> I, <laughs> He's had enough time to get plan. round to it, yeah. He's yeah. clearly been keeping his options open. Um, like that, that doesn't seem to be in doubt at this point. Someone told me with the West Ham stuff that he would have seriously considered that job, which bothered me a little bit at the time. I didn't like that. Um the Saudi Arabia stuff is the Saudi Arabia stuff. The fact he didn't take that offer, you know, he had a legitimate offer to go there for a lot of money and didn't go there. So I am a bit buoyed by that. I don't know why he would still be holding out right now. Maybe it is, as Jack said, that he wants to know that he's going to make transfer signings in this window. And now he'll be like, well, what if, what if Mitrovic is going? Now what? Now what? It doesn't make it yeah. any easier for Fulham to conclude manager talks if there's talk of our best player leaving. The only thing I'll say is that this morning there is this this story about Willian. I know we we're going to talk about it in a second anyway, but the yeah. fact that Willian is willing to sign with us assures me even further that Marco's staying. Like, I don't see why yeah. Willian would be coming back right now if he hadn't been assured that Marcus Silva was going to be our manager for next season. Yeah, well, let's get on to Willian because there is some positivity hey. in this podcast. And <laughs> um, by the time it's released, this news could well be official. Um, but as it stands, all we have is Andreas Pereira's Instagram story, um, <laughs> which is a great way to find out about um, a, a potential bit of good news. Um, JK, uh, yeah, uh, AP's Instagram story this morning was a smiling Willian in the changing rooms at Motspur, I think. Don't know. Might be the cottage. Yeah. Don't see why it would be the cottage. It looked like Motspur. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, he's back, he's back. And so I think that might be as good a sign as any that Willian has said no to Forrest. He has said no to Saudi and he's going to be staying at Fulham. Some good news, finally. Oh, finally. And it's just retaining a player from last <laughs> season. Like, do you know what I mean? Our it's not even in the Technically, squad. it's a transfer in. Technically, hey, he's a free technically, agent. Yeah, it is, because I suppose he's out of contract. But- <laughs> I was just saying to you guys before we went on air, we put on we put so much energy into this like window, um, like stress wise, and so far it's just retaining a player that was here last season. It's great news. It's great news. We know the quality he's got. We've said it in previous weeks. We'll have to go over it again. Um, it probably does point to Marco staying because, like Marco said back in like March, it's a priority, <laughs> and yet it's <laughs> taken this long to get done and. There was rumours he had a Medica forest last week and I was ready just to end it all. And it was just, uh, and then and then the rumours came in that he was just getting shown around the facilities, which is fine. Um, he obviously didn't like it. Uh, he preferred to be at Fulham. And just thank God, honestly, thank God that this is, this is done or almost done and we could just get on with the summer. Because <laughs> I thought the catalyst for the summer starting was Robinson signing a five-year deal. I was thinking, here we go, this sounds good. And that was two weeks ago and, and now we've just got Willian hopefully through the door. He is through and, the door. And, We've seen yeah. it. That's good. Yeah, he literally, <laughs> literally is. is. He's, he's through the dressing room. Um, and we've got American tour next week. We still haven't made a signing. So hopefully now 
this just starts the wheels and just gets it going because yeah. Everton is fast approaching. Yeah. I mean, Dean, there was um, another uh, full of meltdown on Twitter on, uh, on Friday night. Um, BBC East Midlands uh, sports editor, Natalie Jackson said that uh, Willian is in the building and having a medical. Uh, it was then Simon Johnston from the athletic that then tweeted about 10 minutes later saying, whoa, 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 not what I believe. Um, so yeah, there was almost uh, a bit of transfer journo yeah. who was right, but it looks like uh, maybe Natalie uh, was a tad presumptuous on the medical. Yeah, dumped the gun and it was quite reassuring. Simon Johnson, I've, I used to work with him a long time ago and I've known him for many years and I know that he's in with um, William's agent from all the way back to his Chelsea days and stuff. So I'm sure that he was well briefed on that when he needed to be. And so as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be fine. This is going to be fine. Um, and then I checked it out with someone in Brazil at the time as well, because I was still a little bit worried, obviously. And at the time he said to me, um, what I'm hearing right now is that Fulham have actually improved their numbers uh, at the moment, still offering a one year deal, but he really does want to stay in London. Not clear, but he was giving all the impressions that he would be back in London. It'd be interesting once this is announced to see exactly what the terms around how long he's staying are going to be. I know that there, obviously we talked about this a few weeks ago, whereby he wanted this two-year deal was what I was told. And that was a big part of the problem. They were coming back around to the numbers and he'd be one of the top earners up towards that 100 grand a week mark. Um, will it be a one plus one option or is it a straight two? That's what that would be interesting. I quite like, if we've managed to get him on a one plus one, then there's incentive and motivation there for him to reach a certain amount of games to get the second year trigger. That'd be unbelievable because, you know, it, it does keep that motivation going for William. I mean, from the video that Andreas uh, posted, like William, look, he looks a bit coy, but he also looks happy. And it's like, I, he looks a bit cheeky. He's like, sorry, lads, just, just had to play a little game there to make sure I was getting what I was worth. But I can't, I like, I respect it. And I'm just like happy to have him back. But let's see if he's got the straight two years that he wanted. Because part of me still hopes he hasn't got that because I want him to have this fire in his belly next season to get that. It is um, quite uh, funny. So uh, full omission, other people did a screenshot of Pereira's um, Instagram story. Um, we all fell into the same trap of not realising that Tom Kearney's in the background with his ass crack hanging out. So, um, <laughs> so uh, it's, a fairly, it's a fairly unique transfer announcement. It's probably not the way the club wanted it to be announced. Well, just with a, just sums just up this transfer window for us, doesn't it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, an accidental screenshot there for, from us and, and, and many others. All right, we'll take a break there. Afterwards, we'll look at some potential incomings. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast is the FFC transfer show with me, Sammy, Dean, Jack and Jack. If you are in Philadelphia next Saturday, the 22nd of July, please come and watch the Fulhamish live at Milk Boy Bar. We're going to be on stage, myself and George from Fulhamish with Russ and Max from Cottage Talk. We're going to be looking ahead to the summer series. We're also going to be previewing the season, having a bit of fun with This Will Catch On, which uh, reminds me I need to mention that as well. If you want to come along, tickets are still available. Uh, we've sold most of them, to be fair. We're doing well, but there's definitely still tickets left if you want to come. We'd love to see you there. Um, it's at Milk Boy Bar. The doors are at 12. The show's at 115. Um, it still gives you time to go to the official meetup in the afternoon as well, which is later in Philadelphia. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, tickets are in the link in the description, or you can find them at fullamish.co.uk. 
this will catch on. We want to do a couple of American themed, this will catch ons in the live show. If you have a good one, uh, or maybe you've thought of a good one this summer that you'd like to, uh, us to do in front of a live audience, please, please send them in. Hello at fullamish.co.uk or just DM it to me, whatever. If you've got a good voice note, if you've got a good song, uh, especially if there is uh, any way that we can resonate it to the US audience, uh, then we'd absolutely love to hear it. Please, please email me. And yeah, just generally with our plans in the States, we're going to be doing a podcast on Thursday, looking ahead to the summer series, uh, where we'll share a few more details. But we are going to be in Philly. We are going to be in DC. We're not going to be in Orlando. But uh, if you want to meet, watch the game with us, uh, that Orlando game, then we'd be uh, game for that if you guys are still on the East Coast. Right. That's all my admin out of the way. Um, Good let's admin-y. talk. Thank you. Uh, I love doing the admin. Uh, let's talk uh, Callum hudson Adoy, Dean, because it uh, looks like there is some um, legs to this and it seems that Fulham do want him. Uh, Peter Rutzler uh, and Simon Johnston uh, reported that Fulham made a bid that's been rejected but it's anticipated that Fulham will come in with another bid. Um, this We talked about it a few weeks ago in his profile and, and Jack kind of um, said some pros and cons about Callum Hudson-Doy, but just generally as a deal, this excites me. Maybe it just excites me because it's somebody. Yeah, oi, 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 hudson Adoy. That's what we'll be chanting in that, that Brentford yes. game when he sticks in the winner. Um, mate, I'm, so, I, I'm really excited about this, the idea of this. And I was thinking... Um, you're right. Like it, it definitely has legs, and that there is possible potential around this deal. And you're kind of thinking, well, if this is the Man of Solomon, like alternate option, I think it's brilliant. Like I genuinely do. Like he's actually a year younger, I think, than Man of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Like Hudson Odoi, like was came through at Chelsea as like the best academy player they'd ever seen. Like this kid was talked up, like. The, the next best thing they'd ever ever produced at Chelsea. Um, considering like the talent reel that they've had coming through, like that is quite significant. I saw Reese James's dad actually talking recently about this and he was just like, Hudson Adoy was unreal. Like you couldn't get a, you couldn't get near him. He's still got that. You've just got to unlock it again. Marco Silva is definitely the sort of manager that can do that. Like I am so excited about the potential around this deal. We'll have to see whether we can come to uh, some sort of agreement around this, but I'm really buoyed by the fact that Chelsea are happy for Hudson-Odoi to leave in this transfer window. And Chelsea have not really been holding out for that significant fees. If you think of like what some of the players have gone for already, we mentioned Kula Bali earlier on in uh, this show, what he was able to go for. I couldn't believe how, how Pulisic was allowed to go for so cheap in the end. You're looking at some of these deals, you're like, We'll, we could definitely get him. Like, absolutely, this is a player that is attainable and fits with where we need to go. Jack Collins will be delighted with this one. He brings down the average age of the squad, Jack. There you go. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this, is, this is a big one for you. Big, big, important moments. Um, yeah, 100%. Look, I, I like it. I think, it's, I think it's an interesting deal. It's obviously a risk. He hasn't played all that much football. He didn't fit in. The Chabi Alonso's Leverkusen when they... Switch to a sort of three five two. He didn't really have a space in that squad, but on the left hand side of a silver four three three or a four two three one, I, I do quite like him. He brings in competition for Willian. I think it's a good man of Solomon kind of replacement in in that regard that we can have options out on that side. Everything about it, I think, is a pretty good deal. The question mark 
I suppose, is who would be w- winning the kind of minutes battle out of out of him and Willian. Uh, is there going to be, is that too much competition? And if so, how much money do you spend on a backup if we, we believe that Willian does start pretty much most games? So, yeah, there, there's things to consider, I think. But ultimately, as long as this price isn't too high, I think it's an interesting one. And, and look, Hudson-Odoi will know Willian. He will look to, you know, I think he needs at this point in his career someone with that kind of mentorship ability that's going to be able to to help him kind of re- reclaim his best game uh, as a partnership. I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, I, I'm in as long as the fee isn't too high. I mean, I, JK, this is a player that has played significant amount of games for that lot up the road over the years has probably played um, best part of 20 games in the champions league as well. And I think that. The problem with Solomon was him not being committed, not him not being a permanent <clears> transfer. <throat> Having Willian there kind of stopped his progress, really. But I think if you sell it to Hudson Adoy, of like, look, you're coming in permanent, you're 22. We've got Willian here. He's got a year two left him in absolute tops. You might be rotating a little bit with him, but this is the way that you can ease in to Fulham and Premier League and be a star. You've got so many years ahead of you. Um, mm. It is crazy to think that Hudson Adoy is only 22 when he was playing minutes five years ago. Like he really ha- feels like he's been around forever. Yeah, I mean he's a good player. He's a good player. I I sort of want to look at this and co- kind of compare it to. I know he's slightly younger, but Andres Pereira last summer, where he was coming from a club like Manchester United, where he'd had minutes and had experience, but yet hadn't fully blossomed or hadn't quite hadn't quite worked out for him. And I always feel now that when Marco Silva makes a signing, he's going to revolutionise that player, um, make them 10 times better. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. I think he's a great prospect and he sort of needs to revitalise his career in the Premier League because he has the talent for it. I was I was at university and um, I did a match report on Fulham versus Chelsea, the under-21s um, at Craven Cottage. It was a freezing cold night. It was awful. We lost 6-0 and I think Callum hudson scored maybe two or three times, but he was the best player on the pitch by a clear mile. And I was like, who is this kid? He's amazing. And, you know, hasn't quite worked out for him for Chelsea. He's gone to Leverkusen, like you said, didn't work out for him there. This would be a great chance to, like I said, revitalise his career in the best league in the world with one of the best managers who can improve players in Marco Silva, I believe. And Jack has the flexibility to play on either wing. Yes, left is his predominant position, but like having all those positions and can play centrally as well, although yeah. doesn't really too much. I, I think players that are flexible that we can use in lots of different positions is just such an asset, um, really. And, and Man of Solomon, we tried him on the right a few times. It didn't work. But I think Hudson Doyle looks like he's a bit more assured on all sides. Yeah, I don't like him hugely on the right, but actually you make a really good point about playing in the 10. He played there for the England under-21s, I think, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, a few years back in, in one of those runs in a tournament. And he was excellent, like really, really impressive wow. in that 10 spot. So, yeah, it's a different option in there. He's a different kind of player to Andres Pereira. But I think that that's something that Fulham would probably look to explore. So, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. But, yeah, it's a very good point. The only um, thing to look out for here is Nottingham Forest because... Uh, Not again. As, as ever. Yeah, like, 
that these were kind of both Saudi uh, both Arabia clubs. and Nottingham Forest are really doing their best to piss me off at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> They've had their eye on, on Hudson Adoy in case they didn't get Willian. I was told that like the middle of last week. Um, so now that they haven't got Willian, just look out for the potential of that coming back on the table. I still think we'd have the edge, like being in London and all the rest of it, um, and a better team in the rest of it. Uh, I still hope that we would be able to get this over the line, but we know that Forrest like to throw money at people occasionally and you just never know. Um, it's a good time to remind you that if you listen to last week's FFC transfer show, like I did, I listened on... Friday. So it was a few days after Joe Sanson with one of the calls of the century. I can't believe it. He said, oh yeah, you know, I think there's William deals happening, but I could see someone like a forest coming in and scuppering it. And there was no indication that there was any threat of that happening when he said it. So ITK. Well done to Joe Sanson. He knew something. (laughs) (laughs) Well done to Joe. That was a a highly impressive little call there. Uh, Right. A couple of other rumours that are sitting around. Uh, JK, I'll come to you on this one. Um, Che Adams, Paddy McNair. I mean, none of these rumours are exciting me. Che Adams, I've always thought has the potential, but just so rarely turns up and, and, and turns it on. I wouldn't be that excited, especially if we were spending north of 10 on him. I'm guessing this is in the context of a, no, of a number two, like someone behind Mitrovic, because I think this rumour surfaced before Mitrovic rumours came about. Yeah. Incredibly uninspiring. I'm not going to lie. Um, he was great at Birmingham, but I mean, last season, Southampton was so shocking. And I think most of their goals came from like James Ward-Prowse and Alcaraz. I don't actually know how many goals. I probably should have checked how many goals Shea Adams got last season. He oh. actually got ten goals Did last he? season. Is, yeah, which is remarkable. What in all competitions? But yeah. all I remember he scored at Leicester quite early on in the season um, when they won their two-one. But uh, nothing against him, but it doesn't scream exciting to me whatsoever. Um, he's had a, you know two or three years of Premier League experience now, but whenever I've seen him, I've never been blown away by him. However. <laughs> any rumor is a good rumor at the moment but uh, yeah. yeah for me it's it's a it's a it's a no i saw you shaking your head jc no i i, I also agree on the I, I don't as a striker backup for mitrovic i don't hugely like it and i'm not completely convinced by che adams as a number nine but i do think that he would be quite a nice fit in the Pereira role because if that role is the kind of second striker pushing up leading the press i think these are things that che adams does really well and I think that having a player in there, again, you know, we, we just talked about Hudson-Odoi in there, but actually if Fulham are looking for a, a genuine rotating number 10 piece for Pereira, I like Adams in there a lot. I actually think that in terms of what he brings, his off-the-ball work rate, his ability to drive from deep, I don't like him as a number nine. I, I don't think that that's the position that he suits. And actually, when you drop him a little bit deeper, you allow him to create a little bit more from behind, and you also allow him to sort of hit the box late and make those runs and, and look for cutbacks. I think he's quite a useful player. So it depends how Fulham were looking at him. If they are looking at him as a number nine rotator, not convinced. If they're looking at him as a number 10 option, quite like it. Yeah. Uh, Dean, any other incoming transfers that have uh, caught your eye? Uh, and Gustavo Hamer still continues to uh, kind on. of rumble on. I, I heard you guys obviously discussing that at length last week. He's, he, I, I'd love to have him at the cottage. I think he'd be such a great squad player. Um, but we obviously, you guys discussed that at length last week. So yeah, anyone else that's, uh, that you'd really seen that's kind of worthy of mention at this stage? 
Uh, well, I should probably point out that uh, the Athletic point have just literally put out a piece saying Willian's going to sign a one-year deal at Fulham. So it looks like we've won the battle in that sense. So um, there you go. That's that's that is an interesting um, development. Given that he was offered the full two years at Nottingham Forest, like we've properly won the Fulham Forest battle, uh, the first part of it anyway. Now we need to do part two with Hudson Adoy, um, a player to look out for. There was the. Um, story last week uh, Fulham made a bid for Benfica defender uh, Murato um, so that is definitely one to continue to look out for obviously we are after uh, another centre-back uh, Tosin is not wanting to be a Fulham player any longer um, he also didn't really want to be a Fulham player last summer uh, so many stories at, at the time about him looking to get out at that point but mm-hmm. he didn't manage it He's trying it again now. I mean, he hasn't managed it again. There really isn't that much in the Tosin stuff. But still, Fulham need to find somebody else coming in because eventually uh, Tosin will leave Fulham. Um, so, Murato, again, I'm guessing if anyone wants to know about him on this podcast, it's going to be Jack Collins that, that might be able to give us some insight as to actually how good he is. But Murato does want this transfer and he's actually told Benfica that, that he wants the move. So, um, that could be one to look out for. And I'm sure we, we have mentioned his name on this pod, I'm sure, before, but I think we'll get further development on that soon. JC, one uh, rumour that uh, is interesting... I have no idea about him. Andre Trindade from Fluminense, uh, 21-year-old Brazilian international. Um, he's he's pretty highly rated as massive clubs uh, are in for him. Um, can Fulham win this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He, he's a really interesting player um, and, and, and someone that, Fulham have had an eye on for a while. There was there was rumours of a bid in January. So this is not completely and utterly out of the blue. Um, there are some some big names, as you say, and from Liverpool potentially leading those names if the rumours can be believed, and especially if both of their established centre midfielders are off to off to Saudi Arabia. So yeah, someone someone who I quite like. Uh, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by. I've only watched you know small amounts of him across the sort of. Uh, Libertadores and, and, and Serie A, so it's not loads and loads of of different bits. But he scored some some big goals. His uh, he, he scored the winner in the Flamengo Fluminense derby, and I think it was his first ever goal actually. Um, wow. And he, he's played quite a lot of games for someone at 22 years old. He's you know racked up nearly 100 games for for Fluminense across across various competitions. He, he's an exciting. Footballer is someone I think he's made his Brazil debut at this point as well. Um, so someone that definitely is looking like a a player that there should be significant interest in. Whether Fulham can win that battle, as you say, is a different question. But a centre midfielder, uh, lots to his game. Um, I would imagine would be would be looking at someone to sit in in that in that role that Harrison Reed currently plays. Uh, what that means to Harrison Reed, and especially with what one year left on his contract. There's, there'll be question marks, but it would be a a really big pickup, I think, and, and someone that, you know, we saw Danilo go in at Nottingham Forest in, in January and make a really, really big impact straight from the, the Brasileira. So to bring in a player of this quality who's wanted very highly by, by a lot of different teams... I think would be a real coup for Fulham and and it's someone that we've clearly had a you know a long-standing interest in someone that we've put a bid in for now it looks like that first bid's been rejected but we shall see um but 
on the whole, I, I'm really intrigued by this one. And if it goes any further, uh, we'll do a bit more of a deep dive on, on what he brings to the what he brings to the team. Yeah, I'm just uh, hoping it's not another Rodrigo Muniz. Um, we've uh, we have been down this road before, and it's not all worked out great. There's still time for Rodrigo Muniz, and uh, I saw yeah, we're not even. That... Apparently, we were, I read somewhere that we're Marco is wanting to see what he's like in training because of the whole Mitrovic yeah. situation. He could be an option for us next season. I mean, imagine I a world. Think, I still think no, he's I, worth just 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 I investigating. He's loved by the fans as well. Yeah, he is loved by the he fans. There's there is there is no doubt about that. Right, that'll do for the transfer show today. Uh thank you very much for listening. Um we'll get some positivity soon. We'll get a transfer soon. Don't you worry. Jack Collins, thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Sammy. Jack Kelly, thank you. Thank you very much, Sammy. And Dean Jones, thank you. Cheers, mate. As I mentioned, we'll be previewing the summer series later on during the week. And then next week, we'll have tons of content from America. But until then, you whites. You whites.